Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Today is Monday, December 1st, 2008, and we are counting down to the big holiday season. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live, and I'm Alan Smith, and I appreciate you tuning into our show. And I hope this evening finds you all doing well. Tonight's show has to do with myths, legends, stories, jokes, uh, whatever kind, and we'll have a little fun with tonight's broadcast. I uh, just want to mention real quick that since this is Internet Online Radio, uh, sometimes problems do come up. Our last show, I lost connection for the very first time since starting the show, and it took about 30 seconds for me to get back online. And earlier today, I was listening to the trucking show by uh, Independent Realist right here on Blog Talk Radio, and he lost connection about two minutes before the show ended, so... Yes, sometimes that can happen. We are broadcasting across the Internet, after all. Uh, So if everything suddenly goes dead, that is probably what happens. So just hang tight, and I'll get back on as fast as I can. And if you happen to be a caller on the line at the time I lose it, just hang on the phone. If you will, don't hang up, and I'll be back ASAP. Uh, Not that it will happen. It's only done that once in about six months. But it is the Internet, so things can happen, just so you'll know. And um, I'd like to urge you to check out the trucking show by um, Larry Stafford, a veteran truck driver who is the uh, host of the show, Independent Realist. And an easy way to find it is just go to blogtalkradio.com and type in trucking in the search box and scroll down and you'll see Independent Realist and you can catch the shows right there. Uh, He gives some um, good information, and that's what it's all about, just trying to provide good, honest information about trucking for uh, all you students and new drivers. So check out his show. Uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. And uh, on a side note, I I was contacted by a lady named uh, Robin Carnine out of South Dakota today. And uh, she also has a radio program up there as well as uh, on Blog Talk Radio, the Namapa uh, Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. And um, she's leading an effort to um, for the South Dakota outreach effort. And um, apparently they had some pretty rough blizzard conditions up there. And they're in need of uh, food and clothing and diapers and weather radios, snacks, uh, anything for the cold, isolated conditions. The weather has improved, but there's still a lot of um, electricity down and some tough situations up there. So uh, they're looking for truckers who would like to donate their driving skills to uh, get these much-needed supplies to uh, our native Indian friends, uh, needing trucks heading back to South Dakota from Washington State or leaving South Dakota heading to Washington State. And uh, the target date is December 17th at the latest, uh, where the trucks will leave from uh, Marysville, Tulalip Tribes Reservations, and they need trucks arriving and, and heading back to South Dakota and vice versa. And so if you're an owner-operator living within that region and you would like to help in the uh, South Dakota outreach effort, uh, you can contact Robin um, at at the phone number here at 503-544-9794. And I'm sure she'll be glad to tell you how you can help uh, get the much-needed supplies to our Native American friends there in South Dakota from this uh, blizzard that they had. So 
I hope some of our owner-operator listeners can donate their time and 18-wheelers for this cause. Uh, I also made a post about this on our, our blog, askthetrucker.com. Uh, so you can just go to the blog and find the post that um, says South Dakota uh, relief effort there. And her phone number and email is in there, too. So maybe that's something you could do to help those folks up out there over this blizzard that they've gone through. And... Um, so if you would like to call in and be a part of the show live, you can do so by calling 347-826-9170, and we'll be glad to have you on. <clears throat> so now, some, uh, some interesting stories, um, talking about myths and legends, and, and uh, why do we like these things? You know, we always kind of want these things to be true, but um, and a lot of times they sound so true. How do you know that they are or if they're not? So... Uh, like the story about a cement truck driver, maybe you've heard. Um, one day, a cement truck driver was driving through his uh, own neighborhood on his way to uh, deliver a load of ready-mixed wet cement. And um, as he was passing his house, he noticed a brand-new shiny convertible in his driveway. And so he decided to check it out, and after stopping his truck, he got out and peered into the kitchen window of his house, only to spy his wife uh, talking to a strange man inside. And uh, him being a jealous guy, he uh, immediately suspected his wife of cheating on him and decided to take revenge. So backing up his truck to the convertible, he dumped the entire load of the wet cement right, right into the convertible, just poured it all in. And... Uh, he came home later that evening all smug and uh, expecting his wife to be waiting to beg for his forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. And Instead, he um, found his wife just crying hysterically as the uh, convertible, which was now just solid concrete, was being towed away. And she explained through her tears that she had been saving for months and months to uh, surprise him with his dream car for his birthday. And she explained to him that just as a dealer had come to drop it off, uh, some lunatic had come by and dumped wet cement right smack into the car, uh, his car. So you see what revenge will get you. And um, so what? Uh, and what about the one about the um, oh, some other stories? The uh, two students at Stanford University. Uh, they were taking a uh, chemistry class with a popular professor who was known as being a very witty and interesting instructor. And these two students, however, were seniors. And the night before the final, they had a case of senioritis. And they headed, headed down to uh, Lake Tahoe for a night of gambling. Uh, but they ended up oversleeping and missing the final exam, which you know obviously is not good. And so they decided to ask the professor if he would allow them to take a makeup exam since uh, the reason they missed the uh, exam was the, the car had a flat tire. That's what they told him. So the professor, he was a nice guy, so he took pity and agreed to uh, let them take the, take the exam. So the next day, the two young men, they were given their exams in two separate rooms, and the first section was made up of a simple chemistry true or false section that was only worth 10% of the exam score. And the second section was only one question that was worth 90% of the entire exam score. Um, so they, he put them in two separate rooms. So what was the one question that was worth 90%? The question was, which tire was flat. So um, I, I wonder if they passed. Uh, and there's, um, there's a story out of Pennsylvania, in, um, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. An elderly woman in a Mercedes had been waiting patiently for a um, parking place to open up at a crowded shopping mall, and we've all been there and done that. And she finally locates a man who was headed to his car, and finally, the guy got into his car, 
and backed out of the parking space that she'd been waiting on. Uh, but before the woman in the Mercedes could drive into the parking space, um, a young man in this shiny new Corvette zipped right past her and around her and pulled right into the empty space that she had been waiting for. Well, that made her that made her pretty upset. So she shouted at the guy, saying, "Hey, I've I've been waiting for that parking space." And uh, the young guy just looked at her and said, "Sorry, lady, that's how it is when you're young and quick." And uh, so at that very moment, uh, I guess she just lost it. She put her Mercedes into gear and just floored it and rammed her car into the right rear fender and corner panel of that guy's new Corvette. And uh, the young man just couldn't believe it. And he just shouted, you know, you can't do that. And uh, the elderly lady lady just uh, real coolly replied, well, that's how it is when you're old and rich. So... I would have liked to have been there and seen that, and, and uh, that, would, that would have been kind of funny. But, and um, what about the story that has to do with spiders? I mean, have you heard this one? <clears throat> it's kind of creepy. But uh, um, a young woman went on a camping trip, and uh, when she returned, she had a small sore on her face. And it kept getting bigger and bigger, and... Uh, started hurting a lot, so she she finally went to the doctor who told her that it was a boil and she'd uh, have to just wait it out. And as the days passed, the boil kept getting bigger and bigger and more painful as well. And uh, she called up the doctor again who uh, now told her that it had to be lanced. Uh, That's the only thing they could do is just lance it and that she should come in uh, early, you know, tomorrow morning, the next day. But uh, that night, while she was trying to sleep, the pain just became unbearable. And uh, she started picking at it with her fingernails and just couldn't take it anymore. And uh, so she finally broke the boil. Uh, But when she did, hundreds of baby spiders just came running out of it. And uh, apparently it seemed that a spider had bitten her during her uh, camping trip. And it had actually laid eggs under her skin and horrified and shocked at all these baby spiders uh, she actually had a heart attack and died right there so weird weird things can happen Uh, so it's pretty bad I mean um, some funny stories some kind of weird and creepy but but all these stories have something in common none of them are true not not one they're all just myths um, a story that got told and then passed around, uh, eventually making their way uh, throughout the entire country and sometimes even the entire world. You might have even already heard some of these stories. Uh, I heard the one about the spider years ago and um, just thought it was just kind of strange and kind of creepy and come to find out, but no, it's just a myth. So all these stories are myths. And... Uh, but they're just stories, myths, legends, whatever you want to call them. None of them are true. Uh, we've all heard rural myths and urban legends, and uh, the same goes for the transportation industry, whether it be your personal car or, or that big 18-wheeler you drive. There uh, are and always will be myths and legends that many of us just want to be true. It, it's, it's human nature. Um, let me get this uh, uh, chat thing going up here. Uh, I'm always behind on that, aren't I, guys? So uh, we've got 13, let's see, 13, there's Paul 44, and 12 more guests in there. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it, spending your night here with me. So I'll try to remember to pull that thing up and look at it from time to time. Uh, so... So anyway, it's just human nature. We like these stories, and uh, you know, it always reminds me of the little things I was told when I was growing up as a kid. Uh, things like, um, you know, don't eat the watermelon seeds, or the watermelon will grow in your stomach. Uh, used to be terrified of that. Um, and what were some others? Um, wait 30 minutes or an hour before you go swimming after eating, because you'll get cramps. Well, you know, it sounded good. You know, when you're eight, nine years ago. Eight, eight or nine years old, but those are just myths. 
And, of course, we can get into Bigfoot and all that, but we like those things. For some reason, we want them to be true, but we've all heard these things, and, uh, again, it all goes for uh, transportation industry. So um, take, for instance, tire pressure, something as simple as tire pressure. Uh, we've all heard that we should uh, keep the tire pressure lower in the winter than in summer and that the best time to check tire pressure is after a long trip. But uh, uh, sorry, that's just a myth. The, the fact is, is that tire pressure usually lowers itself in winter and raises itself in the summer, and it actually requires no action on the part of the driver apart from keeping the pressure at the level uh, recommended by the manufacturer of the vehicle. Um, under, under normal loads, uh, you should inflate the tires according to the vehicle manufacturer's recommendations, not the pressure listed on the sidewall of the tire. Uh, another thing at a time, uh, every time the uh, outside temperature drops 10 degrees Fahrenheit, the air pressure inside your tires goes down about 1 or 2 PSI. And so drivers should check their tire pressures uh, frequently during cold weather. But just to add enough air to keep them at the recommended levels of inflation at all times. And again, um, you know, when you go there and you try to you fill up your tire, what's the first thing you do? You always look at the side of the tire and see how much air. You know, oh, okay, 120 pounds, or if it's your car, 35 pounds. That's what the tire says. Uh, but... You shouldn't go by what's stated on the tire. Uh, always keep your tires at the recommended pressure given by the vehicle's manufacturer. And so the maximum tire pressure stated by the manufacturer, not the tire, is a pressure that actually should be run. And uh, I think very few people do that. But, you know, what kind of problems does it cause? But um, And... Um, personal vehicle or, or, or trucks, uh, how about the old story that you should change your oil every 3,000 miles for your car? Uh, it's been a misconception for years that engine oil should be changed every 3,000 miles, even though most auto manufacturers now recommend oil changes at um, 5,000 or 7,000 or even 10,000-mile intervals under normal driving conditions. And uh, because greatly uh, improved oils, including uh, synthetic oils, uh, coupled with uh, better engines, mean longer spans between oil changes without harming an engine. The 3,000-mile uh, interval that we all know about and that we all do is, uh, is actually a carryover from days when engines use single-grade non-detergent oils. And as far as trucks, uh, right now, um, I'm driving a uh, Freightliner Columbia Super 10 with a Mercedes-Benz engine, and the uh, recommended oil change for that truck is 30,000 miles. Uh, that's the recommended one, and they recommend 3,000 miles. So. Uh, that truck could go more than 30,000 miles, but that's up to the company. But um, engines today are incredible. Oil and lubricants are incredible. Uh, the technology on everything has just been so great through the last 15, 20 years. Uh, the 3,000 miles recommended change is actually a marketing ploy. That's all. A myth, if you want to call it. Uh, the newer cars and trucks today... Uh, can easily go seven, eight, nine, even 10,000 for an oil change. So uh, change your oil every 3,000 miles, that's uh, just a marketing ploy. It's just a myth, uh, at least for the newer cars. I mean, if you're driving a 30-year-old car, um, you know, you probably want to stick to the 3,000 miles. But for the most cars today, no, it's just a myth. And... Um, Another thing that was, I had thought about, I had remembered, because I'm from Oklahoma, I saw this all the time, but uh, what about the fact that driving a pickup truck with the tailgate down will decrease wind resistance and therefore increase your fuel efficiency? 
uh, like I said, I'm from Oklahoma, so I saw this all the time. I never thought anything of it. I thought, well, you know, it must be true. Everybody does it. So um, keeping the tailgate down on your pickup truck, does that really increase your miles per gallon due to uh, decreasing the wind resistance? Well, again, not true. Uh, a long-standing belief, uh, more particularly common among uh, urban motorists, has been that uh, driving a pickup truck with a tailgate down will decrease the aerodynamic drag and therefore result in a greater fuel efficiency and savings for the vehicle. But not so. According to uh, several studies done on this, I mean, they have actually they have actually done studies on this, uh, if you can believe that. So, um, but when they, um, in fact, the um, last study that was done, a scientific study in 2004, and it was called the pickup truck aerodynamic uh, pickup truck aerodynamics keep your tailgate up study, uh, published by the National Research Council of uh, Canada. And uh, despite what you may traditionally have thought, keeping the tailgate down actually had the opposite effect. It increases rather than decreases uh, wing resistance. And according to these research studies, when the tailgate is up, a bubble of air forms in the truck bed, and the air flows more smoothly over and off the truck uh, without uh, as much drag. And the, re the researchers summed up uh, their findings this way. They said the removal or the lowering of the tailgate increases the, the uh, aerodynamic drag of a pickup truck, increases lift by up to 60%, and increases the yawing moment. And all these changes are negative and reduces vehicle performance. And um, study after study came up with the same conclusion. So. Uh, keeping the tailgate down on a pickup truck to uh, increase miles per gallon, it's, you know, sorry, just another myth. So all these kind of things like this we've heard and I've seen, I uh, think it's funny to finally come out to find out that they're actually not true. So uh, now as a professional truck driver, there's uh, no doubt that at one time in your driving career, you have had a car ride right along, uh, just right behind you, you know, using that vorical of wind produced by your big rig to uh, help pull their little car along in order to increase their fuel mileage. You know, we've all we've all seen this. Or we've at least seen it, maybe had it done to us. And uh, this, of course, is called drafting. So um, drafting behind a big rig to improve uh, your car's fuel mileage, does it really work or is it a myth? Well, this one happens to be true. Drafting behind an 18-wheeler, uh, though not recommended for obvious safety reasons, does in fact work. Uh, to test this myth, a team of uh, researchers took a car, uh, they took an 18-wheeler, and then they had a device that could measure the car's fuel efficiency. And they then drove the car behind a uh, moving 18-wheeler at various distances ranging from 100 feet to 2 feet and measured the amount of fuel the car consumed. And the test showed that the uh, closer the car was to the big rig, the less drag it produced, thus the uh, more fuel it saved. Now, at, at just 10 feet away, the car managed to uh, increase its fuel efficiency by 40%. That's quite a bit if you want to drive 10 feet from the rear bumper of an 18-wheeler. And when the uh, car was drafting at two feet away, it was actually slightly lower than the 10-foot distance, but that was mainly because the driver had to keep working the car pedal to uh, maintain distance from the truck. I mean, as you can imagine, I mean, two feet away. Um, so they... Um, they did a. They didn't dispute the fact that drafting actually can increase the uh, car's fuel efficiency, but like I said, uh, drafting is obviously incredibly dangerous because the truck driver may not even be able to see you, and 
You may not be able to react in time if the truck were to make a sudden stop. You know, just common sense. But, um, you know, remember in many cases, uh, common sense in today's society uh, doesn't seem to exist much anymore. But anyway, that's just my thought. But um, now what about um, what about the rule? Uh, well, let's see. We, okay, let me pull this up here. Uh, oh, let me look here. As I know, okay, MAS07. Hey, as for the spider, I knew someone who had a boil on his hip. The doctor lanced it, and and there was a spider in there. Got him while he slept. Um, well, that's somebody you actually know. Well, yeah, maybe it, it did, but uh, uh, weird things like that can happen, I'm sure. But the as far as the story for the hundreds of spiders. Uh, that one turned out to be a myth, but yeah, I guess anything can happen. Uh, let's go to our line real quick here before I continue. Don't want to keep them uh, hanging on here. Um, I don't have my state listing pulled up, but if you're calling from area code nine one nine, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Area code nine one nine. Are you there? Okay, I'll just do that. I'm not going to continue uh, calling out your area code number. I'll only do it once, and that's it. If you don't answer, you're gone. Um, now, what about uh, the rule going around that says having a, a gravity-fed fuel tank is illegal? Um, is having a gravity-fed tank legal or not? Uh, well, the answer is both yes and no. Um, this argument comes from the DOT regulation found in 393.65, commonly known as the uh, All Fuel Systems Regulation. And uh, that states that gravity or siphon feed is prohibited. Uh, sounds pretty cut and dry, right? But it goes on to say that um, a fuel system must not supply fuel by gravity or siphon feed directly to the carburetor or injector. And now lawmakers still argue over this interpretation of the law, but to me it's, it's very clear. It implies that gravity-fed fuel tanks are illegal if it feeds a carburetor or injector, plain and simple. But if you're running an auxiliary tank, let's say, that's gravity-fed into the primary fuel tank, then it's legal, at least by the letter of the law. It's only illegal when you have a gravity-fed primary tank that goes directly to the engine. So the answer is both yes and no. Uh, so a little twist on that. And um, the, uh, oh, some other stories we've always heard. Does the color of your car or truck uh, make a difference as to drawing uh, attention from everyone, including uh, police officers. Maybe you've heard of this, the power of colors and all this good stuff. Or is this just a myth? The, uh, the truth is, studies have shown that bright colored vehicles, cars, and big rigs are more apt to get stopped by law enforcement officials than those vehicles painted in darker, less bright colors. And studies have shown that bold colors tend to attract more attention and that the brightness of the color can actually create an optical illusion causing the vehicles to appear that they are going faster than they really are. And so which color is considered to be the most eye-catching? Uh, that would be the old bright color of red. Uh, so red comes in at first place. And so if you're getting pulled over a lot, you may want to paint your shiny red vehicle black or gray or, or something like that. Just a thought. And um, speaking, of, uh, speaking of police officers and tickets, um, another belief I've heard about is uh, if the officer makes a single mistake on your ticket, uh, the case will be dropped. So true or false? Now, according to law, a traffic ticket is seen as an uh, accusatory instrument and a uh, basis for uh, 
prosecution that, that must be factually valid. And uh, clerical mistakes, such as a wrong number or a wrong order of a person's name, these kind of things are usually overlooked. But uh, material mistakes, however, like the identity of the driver, uh, the direction of travel, uh, the, the street where the citation occurred, or um, what else, like the description of the vehicle or driver, can uh, usually help a driver win the case. Uh, any, any mistakes that involves the who, where, and how usually can be used to beat the case in a trial. Uh, if the description of the vehicle or the driver is inaccurate, uh, the officer will usually lose. So if you're driving a uh, blue freight liner and the accidentally uh, writes down a black freight liner, you just might have already won the case. So uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. And, uh, and, and of course, there's always myths about the use of the good old uh, seat belt, one being that there is no compelling reason to buckle up uh, because if you're in a crash, you won't be ejected because the big rig is so large and high off the ground and you won't be hurt. I mean, have you heard this? I've, I've heard this before from, from many drivers that the rig is so big, you know, they, they're not going to be ejected, not going to be hurt anyway because it's just the massive size of the, uh, of the truck. Uh, but this is a, this is a big myth. The, uh, the facts are, I mean, we all know safety belts uh, prevent injuries and fatalities by uh, preventing ejection, and seat belts also shift the crash forces to the uh, strongest parts of the body structure. They'll spread those forces uh, over a wider area of the body, allowing the body to slow down gradually, protecting the head and the spinal cord and that kind of thing. And uh, I found some studies on this back in, uh, go back in 2002. That's the earliest I could find. But in 2002, uh, 588 drivers of large trucks died in truck crashes. And out of those 588, 311 uh, of those drivers uh, were not wearing seat belts. And also out of that number, 134 of the drivers that died uh, were ejected. So, um, so just because it, it appears to be big and that you're going to be safe if you get in an accident, uh, well, not true. Not true. Statistics, statistics, uh, statistics prove that. And uh, so, again, even though it is a very large vehicle that sits up real high over everyone else on the road, uh, you can be hurt, and yes, you can be ejected. And uh, another myth about wearing seatbelts, I've heard several people, or a lot of people say, uh, you know, it's a personal decision. I used to say that, too, it's a personal decision. Why do, why do they have the right to tell me if I don't want to wear it or not? But it's a personal decision, and it doesn't affect anyone else. And, um, well, you know, you know, I hate to tell you, but we all know it's not a personal decision. It's a law. The uh, FMCSA requires it of all CMB drivers. Uh, but what about the statement that it won't affect anyone else? I kind of found that interesting, so I had to think about it a little bit. Uh, and, uh, well, that's just not true. Uh, what about your family and loved ones? Ask yourself, uh, as a result, uh, or what would, what would be the, the effect on them if you're killed or seriously injured in a crash as a result of not buckling up. So yes, there is always someone somewhere that will be affected. Um, so anyway, that's my little, that's my little uh, speech on that. But what about the big question we've always wondered about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Who are the better drivers, men or women? Uh, We've all seen good male drivers and female drivers, and we've all seen really bad men drivers and really bad women drivers. But who is really the better driver overall, men or women? Uh, a lot of studies uh, have been done on this, and perhaps the, uh, 
battle between the sexes will continue. Um, how do you answer this question? Uh, are men better drivers or is this a myth? Um, are women better drivers or is this a myth? Well, the best way I believe to come up with an answer for uh, this continuing debate is um, it's like the seatbelt. You, you have to look at statistics. It's the best option we have to conclude an answer. And uh, studies show that male drivers have a weakness for speed, uh, for racing, risk-taking, uh, peer pressure, asking for directions. We all know that one. And, uh, of course, the biggie road rage. And um, I thought it was funny that female drivers, studies show, are more prone to hesitate at, um, you know, T-junctions or, you know, why the wise uh, roundabouts, as they call them up in the Northeast. Um, plus, they have issues with parking, driving in reverse, and reading maps. I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, but Donna's giving me a look, so uh, I can attest to that fact. And uh, actually, men commit about 85% of all serious motoring offenses, 85%. And in 2007, a study was done looking back on fatal accidents, keeping the miles driven constant between both sexes. And the men were 77% more likely to die in a car accident than women. And uh, it has to do with the risk-taking and speed and racing and you know, taking chances that men so often do. So uh, the final results, uh, statistically, women are safer drivers than men. Uh, but before you start emailing me with all your horror stories out there on the road, uh, it could actually boil down to the reason women are better, safer drivers than men has to do with a hormone. Uh, yes, a hormone. You heard me right. One that women have, not us men. Um, estrogen, a uh, woman's main sex hormone, may make the difference in who is the better, safer driver among the sexes. Because studies have shown that estrogen positively influences uh, neural activity in the frontal lobes, the, the area of the brain stimulated by task uh, concerning attention and rule learning, which could explain the female advantage when performing certain driving tasks, uh, not taking risk, slowing down, using caution, not getting involved in a road rage incident, and on and on. So estrogen a hormone that we men don't have may be the key. So are women better drivers than men? Well, I'll let you decide. So uh, therefore, the myth uh, remains elusive and the battle of the sexes continues. So I found that kind of interesting. And they're still studying those things. Um, they keep keep shelling out the money trying to figure out the answer. So uh, I'll just leave that as a myth, and you can, you can make your own decision on that. So, so myths, legends, stories, jokes, uh, whatever you call them, um, they're alive and well in our culture and societies, but um, hopefully we've cleared up a few here on tonight's show. And um, since we're going to leave the myth wide open about men and women, um, it, it reminds me of all those blonde jokes out there, you know, the ones about the dumb blonde. Um, well, I'm going to give you blonde women out there something you can fight back with. So I'm going to give you a dumb blonde guy joke. And that's right, a dumb blonde guy joke. So are you ready? See, there were these, uh, there were these three guys, and one was black-haired, one was red-haired, and the other guy was blonde. And they all three worked as construction workers and were on a big project building a skyscraper. And every day they would all sit down way up high on a beam, 500 feet in the air, and have lunch together. And this day was no different. Uh, they all sat down on the beam 500 feet in the air, uh, their legs dangling, and began to uh, open up their lunch boxes. And the black-haired guy opened up his and found chicken. And he just couldn't take it anymore. He said, chicken again. I'm so sick of chicken. Every day, chicken. 
And he said, I tell you what, if I have chicken for my lunch tomorrow, I'm going to jump off of this beam to my death. I just can't take chicken anymore. And so the redhead guy opened up his lunchbox and found a burrito. And he felt the same. You know, he said, another burrito again every day, burritos. He said, I'm with you. If I have a burrito tomorrow in my lunch, I'll jump off of this beam to my death too. I can't take another burrito anymore. Now, the blonde guy opens up his lunchbox and finds a bologna sandwich. And so he went right along with his buddies. Uh, you know, he said, bologna again. I am so sick of bologna sandwiches. Every day, every day, bologna sandwiches. I'm with you guys. If I have a bologna sandwich tomorrow in my lunch, I'll jump off too. So the next day comes, and they all sit down on the beam and open their lunch boxes. And uh, the black-haired guy goes first, and there it is, chicken. So without saying a word, he sits, he uh, sits his box down and jumps off to his death. Now the uh, redhead redheaded guy opens up his and finds a, a big fat burrito. So he too follows suit and jumps off the beam to his death. And now the blonde guy, he looks in his lunchbox and lo and behold. There's a bologna sandwich. And, well, he said, well, a bet's a bet. So he, too, jumps off the beam to his death. And so three days later, they hold the funeral for all three men together since they were uh, all such close friends. And uh, the black-haired guy's wife is just hysterical. I mean, she's crying. She's uncontrollable. And she's just wailing. Why? Why didn't he tell me? I didn't know he was so tired of chicken. I could have made him pasta or meatloaf or anything but chicken if only I had known. And she continued to cry. And uh, the redhead guy's wife was the same, just crying, just wailing. And she was just saying, me too. I could have made him tacos or enchiladas, fajitas, anything but burritos. I, I just thought he loved burritos, but I didn't know. He never told me. And so she continued to cry. Then they look over at the blonde-haired guy's wife, and she is just she's just sitting there, stone-faced, no tears, no remorse, nothing. And they thought to themselves, well, how can she be so cold? And then uh, you just stare at her with fierce, I mean, eye-piercing glares. And finally, the blonde-haired guy's wife couldn't take their stares anymore, so she turned to him and said, hey, don't blame me. He made his own lunches. So... Anyway, I thought I thought I thought it was funny. Okay, all right, enough of that. I thought it was a good joke, but if you want a dumb, if you want a dumb blonde guy joke, there you are. So, uh, revenge for all you blonde ladies out there. Uh, so, thanks for joining me tonight, and uh, I hope to uh, see you back right here uh, next Tuesday, December ninth. Uh, 2008 at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I'll be discussing your driving record and understanding the DMV point system. So uh, I hope you'll tune in for that. And um, also the following Tuesday, December 16th, we have a really good show planned. It's uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we're going to have a special guest on. haven't had a guest on for a while and uh, named Jack Martin, and he is the owner of A1 Freight Broker Training out of Livonia, Georgia, and he's going to be our special guest on the show and going to talk about uh, maybe you have a New Year's resolution coming up. Uh, maybe um, truck driving isn't working out for you or you're having problems uh, getting your CDL or whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, have you ever thought about starting your own freight broker business? Uh, maybe easier than you think. And um, like I said, Jack, he um, he runs the A1 freight broker training there, uh, an excellent school, and uh, he'll be our guest on the 16th. And um, I hope you join in for that. Um, also, going to talk about there. He'll talk about. Um, he's an expert in all that on all those things about owner-operators. Uh, I know a lot of times as owner-operators, uh, true blue owner-operators, not lease-operators, 
is to have their own trucks, have to get their own freight. Uh, they rely a lot on load boards. And he's going to talk about that too, about how low, how uh, maybe many times you depend too much on load boards and uh, that maybe having your own break, uh, freight broker business uh, can actually, uh, will, will actually benefit you. Uh, build your own client base. So that's going to be a good show, and um, that's on the 16th, and you can find it on Blog Talk Radio where it's all listed there. And so I hope you join us for that. Um, uh, anyway, Donna, is that you? That's me. I'm here. Am I on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to say hi to Harry and Rosie. And um, I'm very happy um, everything turned out well for you guys, and uh, we had been praying for you. And the other thing is that um, the emails about the the three-book special that um, I've been getting saying that the link was expired, I've, I've made it live again, so um, uh, you can just write me, Donna, at truthaboutchucking.com, and, and I'll send you the link for the, for the three-book special. These are for the people who... Who um who don't want the uh, the PDF CDs or the audio CDs and they just want the digital downloads, so just write me and and I'll send you that link. Okay, I just wanted to okay. uh, tell Harry and Rosie and 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 get that other message out. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, Harry and Rosie up there. Okay, thanks. Okay. Um, Bye, everybody. Um. Yeah, that's uh yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Um. Uh, some of our listeners there, Harry, Harry uh, Rosie, we uh glad everything is going good and things like that worked out. And so we will keep you in our prayers and and uh, wish you all the best. Um, keep us up to date on how everything's going. We'd like to know. Um, so, again, just uh, uh, Tuesday the 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Tuesday, December 16th at 7.30, Jack Martin of A1 Freight Broker Training. Uh, that's going to be a great show. Um, you may think, well, you know, it's 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 tough starting your own business, but tune in because you may just be surprised. And uh, he's the expert on freight broker, and I'm really looking forward to that show. Uh, so mark us down on your calendar for that. I hope you join us. And uh, I'm just about out of time here. Got a little bit to go, but thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. And also, be sure to check out our uh, informational packages, as Donna was saying, at um, truthabouttrucking.com and uh, cdlquestions.com, and uh, as well as our new book, um, doing very, very well. People seem to be liking it. I'm so glad. It's, it's called The Best Truck Driving Jobs, a State-by-State Guide, and you can find that at uh, truckdrivingjobslist.com. And as a listener of our show, we offer great specials for each book, as well as all three bundled together. Uh, or you can mix and match and receive the books of your choice at a very, very good discounted bonus offer. Uh, really, whatever you want, we'll do. Um, so all you have to do is send Donna an email at info at truthabouttrucking.com and tell her what you want. And she'll send you a special link, and you can receive uh, these special offers just for being a listener of Truth About Trucking Live. So uh, drop her an email at info at truthabouttrucking.com, and you'll see what I'm talking about concerning a, a very good special bonus offers that we'd like to give. Um, Donna, are you still there again? Yeah, I, I forgot to, to tell everybody this. Um, there's a blog post and um, a day in the life of a, a lady trucker. And um, uh, Des, if you're out there and you hear me, um, everybody's got to read your post. Um, it's a daily journal, uh, a life, uh, the, a day in the life of, of her life. And uh, I just think you're going to find the, um, the posts incredible. I'm not going to say much more than that, but you'd have to read them. So um, just get on askthetrucker.com and and uh, find a day in the life of a lady trucker and uh, and read Desiree and, and if you wouldn't mind you know you you'll you'll want to post and reply and, and encourage her uh, because she's gone through um, a lot of trials and she's got an awful lot of guts so um, I just wanted to remind everybody uh, about that too 
Okay. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, bye. Uh, bye. Um, yeah, just go to Ask the Trucker. That's just our blog. Um, uh, it was recently rated the number one trucking blog on the Internet, so we'd like to have you join in there and People just post what they want and talk to one another. And uh, like the day in the life of a lady trucker, Desiree, she's, I don't even know how she drives. I mean, she's uh, posting all the time, but uh, she gets her job done. But she has some really interesting stories, and that's really a good thing for uh, you women drivers out there or women who are thinking about getting into trucking. Um, you can read and see what her life is like. So, um, so anyway, uh, that will do it tonight. I got a... Um, Got something here that just came over our little uh, trucking news hotline, and it seems like every time I uh, get something, it's uh, uh, Swift Transportation is in the news again. Um, an Overland Park couple uh, was on the winning side of a $23.5 million verdict awarded by a federal jury in Wichita in a trucking accident dispute. Uh, this just came through a couple hours ago. Um, uh, the people, Terry and Donna Frederick, sued uh, Swift Transportation out of their Phoenix base uh, after an accident on a, a New Mexico highway on, in, uh, back in March of 2006. And uh, Terry Frederick was a passenger in a yellow freight tractor trailer that uh, ran into um, the Swift truck who was allegedly uh, backing onto a highway after unsuccessfully uh, making a left turn into a highway rest area. So I guess he kind of got in a jam and was backing back out onto the highway. And the driver of the yellow freight truck, uh, Dennis um, uh, Botorf, it looks like, uh, died in the accident. So uh, the jury um, awarded the... Uh, awarded them $15 million. So Swift Transportation uh, just got socked with that 15 mil. And um, the trial also uncovered that the Swift Transportation driver tested positive for methamphetamines in the post-accident drug test. So uh, another thing for, uh, for Swift. And uh, also the, the widow of the guy who was killed in the accident has also sued Swift uh, in uh, federal court in Kansas City, and that case is expected to go to trial in the spring. So, some more problems for uh, for Swift there. And uh, earlier, I was telling you about the uh, South Dakota relief effort at the beginning of the show. Robin Carnine needing uh, owner operators, anybody with a truck and trailer willing to help to uh, get supplies to the uh, Indian tribes of South Dakota after. Um, Apparently, it's some big blizzard that they just recently had. You know, I'm here in Florida. I guess I'm just not on top of that. But uh, anyway, that was at the top of the show. And you can also find that at askthetrucker.com, uh, my post that I put up for the South Dakota relief effort. And get a hold of Robin uh, if you have a truck or trailer and that you can uh, help our Native American friends up out there. So check that out. And also out of South Dakota here on the uh, Trucking News uh line that just came in, uh, the federal, uh, the feds, federal agents shut down a motor carrier in South Dakota for uh, refusing to comply with safety regulations. So that doesn't sound good. Uh, the U.S. District Court for South Dakota uh, granted a request of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, the U.S. Department of Transportation, and the Department of Justice to immediately halt the operations of um, Action Carrier Incorporated of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because it repeatedly uh, refused to comply with federal motor carrier safety regulations. Uh, so that news just coming out of South Dakota. Um, the, Fed, uh, the Fed stated that they will have no tolerance for operators that, uh, that will attempt to uh, continue operating while potentially endangering the traveling public. That's quite obvious and that they'll continue to work with the DOT and DOJ to halt the operations of any carriers that attempt to continue operating after their authority has been revoked. So even after it had been revoked, they were operating. That's Action Carrier Incorporated. And um, a federal district judge um, granted the request last Tuesday for a restraining order. And uh, 
what else does it say here? It says over the last last year, uh, FMCSA initiated three separate civil penalty proceedings for operating without insurance and operating after revocation of authority. And so the most recent revocation order issued by FMCSA was on October 6th. And following that order, FMCSA and state authorities documented at least 16 additional incidents of illegal transportation and interstate commerce by action carrier despite the latest revocation order. So, okay, a little bit of trucking news there that just came in over the line. Just thought I'd share it with you. So, again, thanks for joining me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Join me again on December 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And definitely Tuesday, December uh, 16th at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time when Jack Martin of A1 Freight Broker Training will be our special guest for the entire hour. He will take your calls and answer your questions. If uh, having your own freight broker business is in your uh, new resolution plans or if you just want to become a more uh, successful uh, owner-operator, be sure to tune in on that show. And um, I'll be looking forward to uh, seeing you there. So until next time... I appreciate you being here for Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe. And thanks for listening. Feel them